Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Platform Enterprise, the show that platforms the projects and visions of enterprising people all over the world who are working hard to make their impact a positive one. I'm your host, Rachel Donald, founder of Platform Enterprise, a business built on the principles of the circular economy to protect the planet and empower people. We are working hard right now to bring you something awesome next year. I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you that we, and I mean you and me, are going to redefine renewable together. This week, I had Dennis Shep on the podcast. Dennis is a Berlin-based writer who initiated the Foundry Project in Galicia in Spain. The Foundry is a space where artists, thinkers, performers, scientists, anyone really, can come and work on their project, meet others, and help build this project from the ground up. It is a space for stimulating dialogue and discussion outside of capitalism and the confines of institutions. This was a fascinating conversation covering Kant, anarchy, capitalism, the academy, and everything else in between. I hope you get as much from it as I did, and if you do, please support the show by leaving us five stars and sharing the episode. Never done this. No? Never? Never done a podcast? No, I've, I've done interviews, but never a podcast, no. Tell me about the media outlets that you've said no to. <laughs> um, there was a, there's a Spanish reality show, as I mentioned, that's called Volando Boy, and they wanted to come with a helicopter, and I said no. Then there were one Radio Ser, Radio Copa, these like national radio stations, national TV. I definitely don't like to be on TV with my picture. I really don't like. I want. I don't want yeah. it. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like in the in the beginning, the, the end of last year, there was some media attention and some good things came out of it. But then at some point, it also just wasn't enough or something. So, so I've been saying no. Then. I mean, I. What was a reality TV show wanting to do with a helicopter over? Yeah, over the it's house. This it's this guy called Jesus something i forgot his last name and he comes with a helicopter and then he comes to help out and they put a bunch of money in the project apparently and they do that all over spain um i like helping oh, wow. out whatever r- rural projects i mean yeah you get money but you have to deal with like a reality show <laughs> so I, I yeah that's not that. ex- <laughs> it's not exactly in the whole message of the foundry yeah. why don't why don't you um talk a little bit about it so you initiated this program the foundry in Galicia yeah. in Spain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did that all come about? So I've, I guess if, if you want to tie it back into my personal story, I worked in the, I'm, I'm a writer, I think, or at least I write. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've been doing that in university context for, for a while. Um, I've written two books. Um, and I've always had the sense there that if you work in big institutions like that, at some point, if, if you're if you're successful, you end up dedicating most of your time to the reproduction of the institution. If you're not successful, you end up dealing with like half year contracts the rest of your life. So both of them are not ideal. And I think that's 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 a problem of institutions itself. Right. I, I think in the art world, yeah, you have absolutely. similar issues. Um, so I, 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 for a long time, I wanted to create sort of like uh, I, I use the term heterotopia, this Foucauldian term, but we, we don't need to tie it back to that. But it, sort I of like think, a, wait, wait, hang on. Let, let's break down heterotopia. Yeah, I mean, Foucault has this, this, he gives this small lecture called Of Other Spaces, I think, where he talks about spaces that, that exist a little bit outside of the normal structures of society and that because of that offer a vantage point to critically reflect on society. He uses boats, for example, ships at sea. Anyway, we don't need to go into the theory of that, but I wanted to create like a, a, 
a sort of anti-institution, a place that exists a little bit outside of university, outside of even capitalism, perhaps, um, where people can do their work and regain some um, control over their own working conditions, some autonomy, maybe. So I had this idea for a long time. Um, in 2012, I already did a trip through Galicia and I looked at some like abandoned villages to do this, but I never had any money. Um, so it didn't come together back then. And then because of Bitcoin, at some point it did come together in 2017-18. And uh, we started uh, the foundry or I started the foundry and like a community started emerging there. And the foundry is like, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I call it an abandoned village, but technically it's not a village. It's not registered as a village, but it, it, it sort of looks like one in the sense that it has a church, it has a mill, it has some houses. I mean, you've been there, so, so it's, it's, uh, it, <laughs> yeah, it has, it has economy, have, yeah. it has religion, <laughs> it has residential area. It's a, so it feels a little bit like an enclosed unit or something also because it's in a valley. And um, so, yeah, we've been renovating that since 2018 and, I mean, so so the the original impulse was a bit of an anti-impulse somehow, like like uh, create a, a free space a little bit outside of the structures that 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 make up society as we know it. I think um, the longer I've worked on it, the broader it has gotten. Um, like before, there was really a focus on academia, on writing, on the arts, um, because that was the world I came from, right? Um, I think over the years, it's gotten more a focus on like self-sufficiency and stuff like that and really carving out uh, um, a, a, a free space somehow. Uh, so like now we also, we make wine, we make uh, wild boar jerky, we make wooden planks, we make all kinds of stuff. Um, and, and But there's also still like theoretical workshops and stuff like that. But it, it, it's gotten a bit broader, but that's also because of the people com that come there, right? I'm not, I'm not managing or dictating it. People just do their thing, which is really nice. Right. So I was there with my friend Phoebe last year and we had a whole list of things that we could do to help out. And it was it was absolutely amazing. I mean, to be in a valley, literally in a valley in Galicia and, you know, you've got no neighbor at all. Um, and to have some church at the end of, you know, the garden slash field that in the daylight is just sort of this amazingly... Um, picturesque and historical thing and then at nighttime becomes quite frightening you know as you're sitting there telling ghost stories about <laughs> what it could be um and it was so fantastic to to get a glimpse into what your community is achieving there to see how you know just the impact of other people coming into this space because obviously we had visitors as well like how that affects the the current I mean would you describe it as it's heterotopic, so it's not anarchist, right? Um, I mean, I don't, th I don't think these definitions are very important in the end. Like what happens is uh, the practice of what happens there, right? That, what, that's what matters. Um, not, not so much how you defined it. Like I, I think there is a bit of an anarchist vibe to it, uh, in the sense that there's no clear management. Uh, it, it's sort of a bit of a free for all. I mean, we, I don't want it to be like a holiday resort for people like that, that go there and live for free or something. But it's also not like we're telling people to work four hours a day. It's it's not like that. Uh, generally, generally people who come they 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 have some affinity with projects like this. So they either work on their own stuff or they help out with the project or. Um, I mean, like, I, 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 like, I, like, there's also there's my politics on the one hand, right? And I, I, I'm, I'm a bit in an anarchist tradition, I would say. And then there's the the, the project, and I, I try to sort of keep those separate in a way. Like, like, it's not like everyone who comes there needs to subscribe to what I believe in. Like, like, it doesn't. 
but but by being there and by uh, working in a project like this, uh, you autom automatically are part of um, or of this this push to sort of um, regain some autonomy and um, create a, a space where things function a bit differently. You you are part of that. Whether whether you and so there is a political side to it, even that that doesn't run through like explicit beliefs somehow. If that makes sense. I think, yeah, no, I, that does make sense. And I think that's what's so interesting about the Foundry, especially for some people that maybe have not been to a project like that and who have heard the term anarchist or use the term anarchist in discussion and maybe have a certain image of like, I don't know what anarchy means in like the United States, you know, it's this kind of like dirty word and it's anti everything. Whereas, you know, what was so brilliant about being there in the Foundry and seeing what you guys are, are doing, it's just like, well, it kind of means, you know, building a vegetable garden if that's what somebody wants to do or you know getting up shelves for a bookshelf and and also having this kind of sense of of freedom and sharing which is quite mm -hmm. anti-capitalist and therefore you could argue yeah. anarchist like you know don't have to pay to come you know you come you have a project that you're working on you help out with the house if that's what you can do or you want to do but there's like absolutely no expectations of you of should there's no reason mm -hmm. to go to the foundry apart from just, you know, you found it and you feel an affinity when it, with it and you want to go, you're not dictating whatsoever what should be done. And I think that that's essentially like a, a really solid understanding of anarchy, actually an anarchy that people are trying to achieve all over the world, which is literally just, as you said, you know, a form of autonomy <laughs> and a form of choice. Yeah, and connecting with other people. Exactly. I think, I mean, if you want to talk about the definition of anarchy, or something i think it's about uh trying to organize things without having a, a relation of force or, or a threat of violence behind it somehow like, like yeah. kant at some point he said that uh, government is always designed for a nation of devils right so you have to design <laughs> it in such a way it's like you have to design it in such a way that even untrustworthy people don't screw up everything right <laughs> that that's how it's designed and how, yeah. how that plays out in practice is uh, through a threat of violence. Like if, if you don't pay taxes, sooner or later, someone's going to come to your house and take you and put you in jail. Uh, if you don't have a library card and you go into the library anyway, you can read all the, the anarchist books you want. But uh, if you don't have a library card, they will use force to get you out of there. Um, so that, that threat of force organizes everything, even though it's not visible. It's not visible. Um, it's structural. Which is, which is particularly think, democratic, think, isn't it? Because if you look at what? dictatorships and well, if you look at dictatorships and authoritarian regimes, the threat of violence is a much more explicit part of life. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, um, democracy. Uh, I read this great book, the Oh God, the State of Insecurity by Isabel Laurie, and she was mm -hmm. building on Foucault's argument. And for her, it was you know the, the the threat of violence is actually implicit and intrinsic, so that we self govern. You know, we don't go into the library yeah. and read all the books without the cards because we you know we should have a library card, you know, and that's why we don't need um, police on the street, military police on the streets um, managing us because we're managing us in the eyes of our government. We're ref being that reflection of citizen. Yeah, exactly. We, we internalize the police somehow, right? We know yeah. that's how it functions, but, but the, the threat of violence is still there. Like when you do things away that, that, are, that it's not supposed to go, then, then violence will intercede to make, to, to make you step in line. Oh, sorry. I lost my headphones there. I'm sorry. Um, so I, I think if 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 there is a uh, like if you want to define something like an anarchist tradition, it, com it comes out of like uh, try to organize things without that violence. 
and that's that's tricky. That's a lot of work. It's not chaos. It's, there's a lot of organization work going on if you try to do things in a different way because um, violence and hierarchies make it easy. They they to, you don't you, they require less organization work in a sense, uh, and you still need to defend yourself somehow as a community, right? Like um, we got a lot of media attention in 2019, and after that we we have gotten some people that uh, perhaps had a, a more opportunistic relation to the space in a sense that sort of saw it, oh, I can live for free here now and I'm going to smoke splits all day and that's it. And yeah, um, yeah you have you have to somehow figure out a way to deal with that uh, without imposing and being like, okay, no, fuck off. I'm going to kick people out now. Um, and that's that's a challenge. And how do it's you? probably more of a challenge. Huh? <laughs> how, I mean, how, I do mean you, how do you organize a space without having a, a hierarchy? I mean, there's always some hierarchy, right? Like it's it's like I'm aware of the position I have and of people that live there a longer time have. And like, I mean, it's good to be aware of it. That's the beginning. But it's not like you all of a sudden have a, a completely horizontal uh, model like that, that. It doesn't work just like that. Also, the question is if you even want that. But um, we do have assemblies every two weeks or something like that, where we all talk and say if things run, discuss if things run smoothly, what we should improve um now with people who come because it's 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 been growing right um i try to communicate a bit clearly there are there are people who pay now also if someone uh wants to work on his own book or on his own stuff uh they generally pay like whatever 10 per day something like that can also be less if they don't have a lot of money there can be negotiation there like it's not it's not set in stone or anything but uh the place has costs um and so we somehow have to generate some money as well in order to um it's very little. Like the co- the place costs maybe six hundred a month or something to keep it running. Wow, for that so whole if you thing. Have two pla- if you have two, like, and we can host like 20, 30 people now. Um, yeah. Well, there's like there's like ten bedrooms, but they're all double rooms, and then there's a couple of bigger areas where people could also sleep. So thirty wouldn't be super comfortable, maybe. But but yeah, you can host a bunch of people. So yeah, it's not that hard to generate uh, the six hundred a month. But um, but yeah, I try to communicate with people before they come. Hey, you know, do you want to? work on your own stuff or do you want to help out with a project and and we try how do you see your stay there what is your purpose of visiting what do you want to work on and you try to communicate these things and generally it runs very smoothly like the like there have been instances where it didn't run smoothly but they've been like very few you know very few well you're attracting a a certain kind of person i think especially when you have that dialogue you know when when you have that kind of really really open communication and make it really really clear nobody should be confused about the state of affairs yeah um, and also, nobody should think that just because it's in an anarchistic tradition or a heterotopic tradition that there's actually any fault, you know, or any problem with um, yeah. asking to generate some revenue in order to keep it running. Because it's also about benefiting sure. future people that want to visit and future generations and of increasing course. that community and, you know, the amount of lives that you can touch. So yeah. I mean, no, it's, I, I think it's, it's, it's important to keep that to a minimum, right? To keep costs to an absolute minimum and to yeah. sort of like... That's why we grow our own food and stuff as well, right? To sort of a little bit deconnect from capitalism in a sense. Mm. Um, like I like I have issues with the term utopic. I don't like it so much. Uh, I, I prefer experiment or something like that. Um, yeah. Because we don't have this large vision of what it's going to be and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a process of negotiation. It's a, it's a communal process. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So there, there's, there are some costs that we have to somehow generate. We also start generating turban perhaps by, uh, by, um, like we, we get from a hunter. We sometimes get a wild boar and we'll make boar jerky out of it, and that's that's like quite expensive. Maybe I'll sell it at some point. 
I don't know yet, but it's not, it's not going to be a company, but, but we do have some costs. We have to pay for electricity. There's no way out there out of that. Uh, we probably should get an insurance at some point um, or in case it burns down. Um, there's also, there's also still building work going on, right? Not all the, yeah. like we, there's Galicia is very unique in Europe uh, or in capitalist modernity in general, that it's, it still has 25% common lands, which is oh, land wow. that, that, that doesn't belong to anyone. Well, it belongs to the community, right? Yeah. So we also, we also have, Bravos has 500 hectares of commons. And I think we can probably get trees from the commons to, uh, that we can now with a improvised sawmill make into planks to make a theater. Yeah. So that, that way you, you sort of reduce your dependence on these, um, on, on companies and um, yeah, you build capacities that you can then also share with other projects. And that's, that's really great. So, and that you also cut costs. And I think it's also a, a very political act to sort of reappropriate these knowledges that were sort of lost or became concentrated in um, in in companies. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, it's making yeah. knowledge renewable again, rather than yeah. individually possessed and owned. I think yeah, I think sold. it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> why why don't we uh, go back a bit in time? Yeah, uh, sure. you know, if possible, and talk about um, your your background and and how it is that you had this vision what inspired you in your life or what didn't you like about the world that you saw that inspired you to to look into this kind of tradition of community or want to set it up yourself yeah um i like i mean i just mentioned that it, it, it came out of like sort of a discontent within university structures and um but was that when you were um, when you were an undergraduate, a graduate, working? Yeah, I mean, well, I, w I went to we, we both went to EGS, right? Also, yeah. which which proposes a bit of a different model of of, of what a university should be like. Um, so I think that's maybe where I got the idea. EGS is this like, uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fancy private school up in the Swiss mountains, where all mm -hmm. the superstars of academia go to give classes, like the Zizeks <laughs> and the Butlers and Agamemnons, and, and, and it's. And it's, uh, it's, it's quite elitist, but it's also very intense. And I learned a lot there. Um, and so when I was there, I was at 2009 till 2011 and worked with wonderful people. And there's a very intense community there. Um, but I had the feeling that if that place didn't give out degrees and their degrees are bullshit, by the way, we both know that, right? <laughs> no. Wait, the, give out the what? Degrees, the diplomas. Oh, the degrees. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and their yeah. degrees are sort of like a little bit like well they sort of hacked the system right but like if you do your <laughs> ma there like nobody nobody will read your thesis you just bought a degree basically um which is whatever like a, a yeah <laughs> whatever, but a, a vanity degree machine <laughs> yeah so I, I figured if like if they if they don't do that and you perhaps exist a little bit more outside the system where they could like a lot of these people would also love to work in in this sort of context uh this very intense um intellectual context that exists outside of regular universities and it won't need to cost so much money um then when i when i was in berlin i've lived in berlin for a while i got involved in a project called the public school um which fell apart uh, a few years ago but uh the public school was a platform for self-organized um well activities educational activities mostly so how it worked was there was a website and you could propose um, a class and then everyone at the public school could click, hey, I'm interested in that. I would like to do that. I would like to do that. And if there, if there were enough people interested in a the class, then the, the committee, 
there was also on would try to organize uh, those classes. So you could say, That's I want to learn something. Or, I want to learn something, or I want to teach something. And some some classes happened without a teacher. You know, if you have a if you have a text at the center of it, or if it's about an activity, also there were also classes of making furniture. Um, yeah, we tried to organize it, um, and that was really great. And I liked it a lot. It unfortunately fell apart, but that also gave me a sense that. Um, it's, it's totally possible to organize uh, very interesting uh, activities outside of these normal frameworks. Like it's it's a curriculum from curric, curriculum. Sorry for <laughs> uh, it's a difficult word. Curriculum from below, in a sense. And because of the way it's organized, the discussions were often much better than the ones you see in university, where half the people are just there because they need a piece of paper. Right. Um, so so that gave me another sense that hey, if it, if if there's not this sort of institutional structure behind it, uh, it can actually perhaps work better in a sense. Um, so yeah, I think those were a bit f- perhaps formative experiences for these ideas. Yeah, how I ended up in a Galician village is <laughs> that's a bit unclear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, yeah, and as I and as I said, it 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 got it got wider and wider. Like um, the the project became a bit less about creating a, a free space for educational activity and more about um, create like building worlds or something in a, in an almost Ticunian sense. I don't know if you know this 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 group from the south of France. Um, yeah. No, who so, are so they? It got, it, Tikkun is a group. Um, they 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 did they did a philosophy journal around 2000, 2001, or 1999, perhaps. Very beautiful texts. Very very like a lot of reference to literary modernism, but it's also very radical. Um, the most famous thing they did was probably the coming insurrection, but that they wrote okay. under the name of the the, uh, the invisible committee. I think, I think so. Um, yeah, they were all locked up at some point because around the time the coming insurrection came out, there were some sabotage attacks in Paris and then these guys oh were framed God. for it and then they oh were in jail, God. but they had a lot of, they had a lot of community support. And what they really did was they got some territory in France in like a village where people were very old. They immediately set up like a uh, structure to help the elderly people get their groceries and stuff. So because of that, they had a lot of community support. They got out of jail at some point. Um, yeah, and they write these radical texts, and it's about um, it's a politics that's very grounded in in space, and I like that. Um, yeah, and it's about I mean, people say nowadays there is no outside of capitalism, right? And that's that's somehow true. Like if 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 you if you look a hundred years ago, if you were part of the industrial proletariat, yeah, your life was screwed, but you would come home and you wouldn't be producing value. Uh, nowadays. You, you you get home from work if you have a job and you go on Facebook and you're producing value. And I think I think uh, capitalism is a system that always sort of needs an outside, a non-capitalist outside to to, colon, to colonize it, to, to sort of take, to draw into itself, to produce its value. And that's why there was colonialism, right? It was taking new spaces into the system and like for its, yeah, to, to nourish itself. Why there was slavery? Why there's unpaid care work nowadays? Why there's home foreclosures? Mm-hmm. I think it, it needs this outside, um, and because of that, we've become colonized internally. Like our in our free time, we are producing value yeah. all all the time. Um, and I, I I don't know, like it's a system that's 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 eating the world, and at some point, when there's nothing more to eat, it starts eating itself. And I think perhaps that's what you're slowly seeing now, but. Um, so that so the idea of uh, that I also a little bit have with the foundry, and this is definitely not a politics that I try to impose on the side, 
is to create spaces um, where you can carve out a little bit of freedom, where things function differently. And I, th I think Tikkun does a bit the same in that sense. So, so that's that's another influence, perhaps theoretically. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think what's very interest I think what's very interesting about the the foundry um, is to compare it to what you're talking about with, with the public school. Um, and yeah. how, I mean, that, that sounds like an amazing program, but, but it fell apart. So yeah. I, space is so important. Like people being mm -hmm. able to connect to a, a physical shared space rather than still being um, disconnected in some kind of sense or relying on some kind of in, invisible framework or network that then becomes mm -hmm. harder and harder to maintain and harder and harder to, um, I mean, develop an attachment to, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you think about, I'm just spitballing here, but if you think about Facebook and Instagram and these um, platforms that we spend so much time on, these companies that we're generating so much value for, it's nothing to do with them. It's purely to do with our own kind of content. You know, you're not, um, people aren't addicted to Facebook as a company or as a structure. They're addicted to engaging with people they think they know or they want to know and having those dopamine hits back of of being seen essentially yeah. um so i think your impetus to have it grounded in a space somewhere where people can come and meet is is really really important and probably one of the reasons that it's just been like growing steadily since its yeah. inception yeah I, I agree with that like i mean there, there's also some interesting things to say about rural urban um opposition there right like I'm, I'm a city person i've lived in the city for a long time and i sort of need that urban intensity that comes in the form of theater of, of university etc it doesn't exist right now sadly but um but but in the city you're also inserted in these extractive regimes uh that, that that are everywhere right like every square meter is accounted for in in somebody's financial statements probably the, the statements of some shell company in the bahamas every square meter on the street is sort of like under state surveillance um that there's there's very little space to to carve out some autonomy and in rural context there's much more of that you, you can grow your own food uh you don't need to pay rent um there's there's like i mean galicia is also a region that's there's a lot of depopulation there like half the houses are empty you can often just also I would imagine uh, get get people to give you permission to use a house uh, for some years, and you fix up some things. So, so you're not so much inserted in these extractive regimes, um, and yeah, that's I think important. Um, yeah, and and yeah, this connection to space. Yeah, exactly. In in cities, every everything is. I like cities, as I said. I like the intensity of it. But uh, if you go to the Hilton in New York or the Hilton in Berlin, it's exactly the same. There's 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 a sort of um, there's, I don't know, there's no real connection to place at some point. Um, I, I, I completely I think, agree I with that. With, with, the foundry, with the foundry, there's a very particular, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I think there's a delay. No, keep going, keep going, keep going with the foundry. Okay, at the, at the foundry, we have we have the place. It's also, I think it's also important that, like, I, I, I bought it, right? And I'm trying to come up with a legal structure that makes it impossible for it to re-enter the market, even when I die. Um, mm. that, that's a tricky legal, that's a tricky legal problem that we can talk about a bit, a bit later. Um, but yeah, no, you, you, you build something there and it's not like you, you renovate your rented apartment and you move out and okay, you lose it again. No, it's, it's, you, you build something together there and a community emerges there. Um, plus it's a very beautiful space, of course, which is also nice, but yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Oh, that's in- let's talk about that then, uh, that legal structure. I mean, that's highly imaginative. I don't think I would have ever <laughs> thought that that was possible. How, I mean, well, how are you going to make that work? It's tricky. I mean, in Germany, you have a thing called the Mietshäuser Syndicat, which means, uh, I guess, tenants building syndicate. And uh, what they did was they came up with this legal structure. If you have a housing project, you can join the Mietshäuser Syndicat. And what that means is... The Mietshäuser Syndicate will get voting rights in uh, decisions that involve uh, selling the property. And they always vote no. And it has to be a unanimous vote. So that means when you're with the Mietshäuser Syndicate, uh, the property you live in can never be sold again. No, also not in, well, if there's a revolution and they come up with a new constitution, then yes. But um, but uh, under normal conditions, it's, it's impossible. Wow. Uh, I think that's a very interesting structure because what it does is it takes housing uh, out of uh, the realm of speculation and makes it into a human right. And the people who live in those buildings are technically the owners, but they cannot sell it. And they pay rent, but it's not really rent. They pay money, uh, which is perhaps half of what they would normally pay as rent uh, every month. And at some point, the building is paid off because that money goes into the mortgage, right? At some point, it's paid off. They keep paying and the money that the surplus goes into buying other places. So the idea is that it's a a system that grows. And there's now 140 buildings in Germany that are uh, sort of run by the Mietshäuser Syndicate. And it can never become less. It can only become more. Now, this is a very interesting legal structure. It's also impossible to replicate um, because, uh, well, every every country has a different uh, legal system. And uh, in, in some countries, if someone is unhappy in an association they're in, they can just break up that association, etc. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the particularities of it, but I know this can be easily replicated. So I've sort of been looking into how to do this at the foundry. I don't know yet. I don't have a solution yet. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't want it to, I mean, there's this concept of temporary autonomous zone, right. By Hakim Bey. And, um, I don't know why, why, why would you make it temporary? Why would you not try to, uh, make a permanent autonomous zone where you can actually build on the capacities that you've already had and like increase them and sort of make a network of these spaces that, um, I don't know. I think that's uh, more important. Yeah. I think that's an interesting uh, polit- political project. But le- legally, it's a tricky one because we do live in a system that's about uh, private property and private property you can sell and you can speculate with. So, When was that um, s- association set up in Germany? Ooh, I'd have to look it up. I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay. I think okay. in the, I think early nine, early 90s, I would like to say, but I'm not sure. That's amazing. What, an, what a fantastic idea. Yeah. And... Yeah. The, you know, it's one of those things, it just takes a couple of people to get the ball rolling, you know, mm-hmm. and then on a crazy, a crazy idea that's completely out with the, the understanding of a, a structure or a thing or whatever, how we relate to it. And then, you know, 20 years later, you've got 140 properties, people that are yeah. all living like this. And it ensures that for generations to come, people will be able to live like this. Yeah. God, what a fantastic yeah, I mean- initiative. I've also I've I've set up the, a website that I haven't made yet because I also don't know how to make websites. But <laughs> I, I, regi- I registered this domain called freeingspace.com, and and the idea was to uh, to sort of network spaces that 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 share this effort to um, to take to take territory, really land uh, or buildings outside of uh, the realm of speculation, the realm of capitalism, um, and sort of network them. Um, which is almost like a, a civil war effort or something, right? <laughs> like if you, were, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it's not just some withdrawal to the countryside. No, it's a, it's a, it's it's an effort to build a, a different kind of world. That's, I think. 
I think there's yeah, a but there's uh, sure, sure, but we don't have to reduce efforts to uh, a binary. You know, it can mm. be no. a reaction against you know, yeah, I don't like what I see, so I'm going to create something else. But I think personally, the reason that so many efforts fail is because they only exist in the binary. They only exist as the other. You know, it's the opposite mm -hmm. to what I see. Whereas, I mean, if we if we want to be realistic about it, yeah, like capitalism's not really going to go away for a while, probably. Certainly, mm -hmm. I can't I, personally. I can't really see another economic system of the ones currently available that I think would be better. I think I'm a firm believer in like, okay, what do we have, and how can we yeah. fix it and meld it and make it work and improve it and evolve it. So I think you know what you're doing, like the fact that you're trying to create a legal structure. Even just that, you know, you're trying to work within the system that exists in order to get the desired results, which will ensure its yep. protection rather than just being like, nah, fuck it, I'm going to stick a flag in the ground and, you know, come and get us out. You know, <laughs> yep. like you're really, really thinking long term. And I think that these kinds of projects, the one that say, okay, this is what we want. We're aware of the reality that we exist in. And we're also aware of the reality that we exist in that could protect us if we figure out the, you know, the right buttons to push at the right time. Yeah. I think that's how we're going to see progress. I think that's how we're going to see the evolution of society and of thinking. You know, when we allow what we perceive to be binary things to marry, you know, to, mm. to, to join, to influence each other. That's so exciting. You know, I read about like the, the, one of the temporary autonomous zones in the States. And like, I was like, that just sounds frightening, to be honest. Mm. You know, you see, because of the culture over there, you see people at the gate with guns protecting this autonomous zone. Um, and then inside, apparently, people are, you know, growing vegetables and everything. It's like, it's, it's, I, mean, I wouldn't walk in. Well, I might. <laughs> I'm a curious person. But um, I don't want to live somewhere that's temporary. And I don't want to live somewhere that's guarded with guns against a, a you know extremely aggressive militia what, on the what outside place, what, i mean i don't know what place that is but like temporary autonomous zone I, which is a term that i don't fully subscribe to but it's it's uh, it's a term that was also used for like trans festivals in the countryside yeah, yeah. Like, no 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 there's a there's a real one going on it um it was in the first couple of weeks of um the black lives matter movement which was fantastic i can't, oh god i'm not going to be able to remember any important information now but they took over a police dis um police district just uh, forgotten the word um they, they forced all the police out they chased the police out of the precinct that's the word and they set up a temporary autonomous zone and um, was it during the the recent uh riots yeah or... yeah yeah the protests uh, okay, yeah. Mm. yeah 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 that's yeah, what yeah. i mean no i don't mean like temporary like they actually called it you know temporary autonomous zone something yeah yeah um so <laughs> yeah. that's what it made me think of and I mean, that's just, you know, to me, existing in opposition. And when you place yourself as like an equal opposite to a thing that is far bigger than you, you're only going to get squished. Sure. <laughs> only yeah, going to yeah. get Sooner squished. Later you will be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I think like it's really, I think for anybody listening to this, that might, um, this might be, you know, the first listen to an extended conversation about these kinds of terms or ideas maybe um i think it's really 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 important to position what you're doing and things like the public school as like huh. long-term visions of actually achieving something tangible that we can then build on as opposed to 
reactive, um, yeah. you know, bursts of, I'm going to lose the metaphor I was going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, see like, I mean. like, it's, it's, it's like, like what I'm trying to do with the foundry and what a lot of people are trying to do now. I, like, we can talk about that later as well, but it, I think it's a bit of a movement almost. Um, it, it, it's, it's not, uh, it's not protesting. If you protest, you petition the state in a way. Absolutely. And sometimes that's, that's, sometimes that's a good thing to do. I mean, the recent Black Lives Matter protest, I think they have some real effect. I, th- I think they, they change things. It's, it's in, during a protest, you come together and you also carve out a space of possibility and you try to rethink the situation you live in and uh, perhaps something will change. But it's also petitioning the government to change. That's that's what it is. And uh, yeah. petitioning the government to change is a different kind of politics than uh, building a, a, a world you want to live in, pretending you're already free, sort of. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very, very different kind of politics, of course. Yeah. Yes, and, I, I can... you, said, you, you just said like capitalism won't be around forever. And sure, that's true. Like every, nothing will be around forever. Uh, of, no, you said it will be around forever. You said it will uh, go away. N- not anytime not soon. Really yeah, that, 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 that may be true. Um, but it is in crisis, right? Like, like COVID, uh, Corona now did what nobody thought was possible. People have been talking about climate change for, for, for decades. Uh, but it didn't slow down the economy. Like uh, like uh, carbon carbon extraction is at the, the highest level it's ever been, and COVID shut it down. COVID COVID shut that down. So th- there is there is a moment of uh, possibility also somehow. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's I'm... not it's not going away soon, but there are people constructing something different. Well, okay. I mean, then we need to ugh, then we need to kind of get into like you know, what is capitalism? Because I try yeah, to true. keep a clear distinction between like the economic model and then mm-hmm. our understanding and relationship with that economic model. Because I think when a lot of people talk about capitalism, um, actually what they're talking about is our relationship to it. You know, mm-hmm. in the fact that um, there's a lot of abuse going on, there's a hunger, a greediness, you know. Um, it's... <laughs> Like, obviously, capital has its flaws. Like, if you have cap, you know, you get capital, it's a bit easier to make more capital and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But also, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, like, the scarcity mentality. I mean, that that's coming from us. Yeah. Technically, in a capitalist system, you could argue that it would create an abundance mentality. Yeah. There's no reason why it shouldn't create an abundance mentality. But it's not. And that's very much on our relationship, I think, with the economic system. Um mm. So, I mean, yes, like COVID has stopped. Well, it, it's done a lot of good in terms of transportation. You know, on the other hand, like e-commerce, that market like went up through the roof and, you know, on um, climate change, but a, a different coin whatsoever. Um, you know, young girls in developing countries are not going to school because there is a, a, a global pandemic. And we know that if young girls aren't educated or they don't receive education, they're more likely to um, get pregnant and have more children. And so like the best way to stimulate um, growth and development in a country and to slow down population is to educate young women. Mm-hmm. And that's not happening over these past few months. And I think that's going to have very, very serious long-term effects over, you know, for this generation and the next. So like, you know, people kind of like to, it's very easy to to point um, fingers at something that's wrong and other sides. I mean, look, you know, we're in the middle of an election right now. Like the partisan politics of just each side pointing at each other. It's like, just take some effing responsibility, people, please. 
Like we all have a part to play in what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea where I was going with it, but it just dry. It really, it really, 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 really drives me mad when I see, especially when I see like quote unquote educated leftists kind of like bashing educated leftist academics bashing a political system um, and economic system that they 100% benefit from. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's very frustrating for me. Very yeah. frustrating, but it's, it's, rather it's a tricky. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, no, no. Go, 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 go. But it's, it's a tricky thing, right? Like, like Mark Fisher made this point in uh, capitalist realism at some point, there is no real outside where inserted in that system uh, structurally, but also libidinally invested in it. Like we want the new phone. We want like there's 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 a there's a desire there, and that desire has been formatted by capital, and that makes it very hard to sort of detach or to create something else. Uh, another issue is that 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 system, whatever capitalism is, it's it's very tricky to define. But what you can say is that since the 70s, it has uh, become uh, turned into something else than it was before, right? Like um, it's become become financial capitalism and right now the market for financial products is something like 10 times bigger than the the global market for like goods and services so it's 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 a it's a totally different beast and uh it's 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 not controlled by the political system that's supposed to control it if you live in a democracy the primacy should be what people want uh you you saw what happened in uh, greece for example in 2012 when syriza won the elections promising that hey they would uh, default on their loans because there was no way that country would pay it or could pay it in any sort of um, dignified manner and th- they won the elections on that promise and the financial market said okay you default on the loans you'll be hungry like like <laughs> like we're gonna screw you and so 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 they didn't default and now okay biden might beat trump but uh biden is not going to overturn a system that's so much bigger than him oh the, no the the the, the 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 movement the movement within financial capitalism that is left to governments is is very very limited uh, and but that's it's... why i mean that, that yes i mean that's why i believe in this politics of exodus or of trying to create a space where things run, run differently sure. i believe more in that than in vo- voting on biden um, oh yeah, no. Although, know, yeah. People, although people people should also vote on Biden, though, of course. I mean, they should have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a couple of days out, but uh, for thank you to everybody who voted for Biden. Uh, not that you know we're expecting the world to drastically change. Um, no, I completely agree. I think you know it's so problematic that we now have like political institutions in that you know you have a, cl- a political class it's very it's very bougie again you know we kind of like slip back down the scale there's like a certain group of people that you know when there's money in politics or education in politics or class in politics you know um you're just gonna see the same uh government essentially being recycled every election cycle left or right hmm. and also i mean to talk about governing capitalism which is a global system when we only have national governments it's never going to work never ever ever going to work we're having a globalized world like at some point somebody's going to have the idea to have like a globalized you know government because that's going to be the only way to ever try to navigate and manage the, the the financial systems that we've kind of gotten ourselves into and yet that is also a very scary thought having a globalized government i mean how does that work i don't think it does 
at which point I will be moving to the foundry. I don't know, but yeah, it's like I think you're getting at this discrepancy between like having global problems and, uh, na- and, and national governments that try to solve them, which, which obviously doesn't work, right? Like climate crisis is a global problem. Tax evasion is a global problem. Like, if, like you, you live in a world where there's borders for people, but not for money. If I have a bunch of money, I move it to a place where I pay less taxes. Uh, so these these issues you're never going to be able to address on the national level. Um, but yeah, then global global government is also scary. Obviously, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we don't, maybe maybe we don't want to be governed. Maybe we don't want to be governed at all. <laughs> very 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 good point. Very good point. Um, I think maybe an issue is many people do want to be governed. Mm. Um, or, I mean, if you see, like, again, you know, the States is just such a good example right now of of things go, going wrong. And you, you see the kinds, there, there, are, there are many groups of people that do want to be governed and some that don't want to be governed and some that don't want to be governed are, are quite frightening. Um, yeah, because they have, all they're interested in is their own individualism, their own autonomy, and not at all interested in learning how their autonomy or how their actions affect other people. Yeah, true. And I don't have a solution for that. <laughs> I also Apart from education. It's also, it's also not the role of the critic to have like a, a vision of society, like with all everything organized and everything solved, right? I mean... Oh, shouldn't yeah, it know. be a little bit? Isn't that why everybody hates like, you know, lit critics and art critics? <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, go and do it. If you don't like what you see, go and do something else. Yeah. I mean, I think something that you were saying about petitioning the government is so interesting, like protest being a petition of the government and how, you know, actually just go and do it. Because if you think about it, apart from the, the impending doom of climate change, okay, there has never been a better time to be alive. We're all richer. We're all healthier, barring the the COVID pandemic. Um, we're all better off, and I mean everyone—not just you know the West and the global North, but the global South as well. Um, there's never been a better time to be alive, so go and do it. Whatever it is, whatever idea you've got, go and do it now. It's why I get a little bit um, upset when I see. Um, like feminist protests on the street um depending for what and in what nation but like where I come from in the UK yeah and you see that women out on the street you know protesting the government and petitioning the damn government and it's like no 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 we can do it now we don't need to petition anybody we don't need to knock on doors anymore just go and break the doors down (laughs) just go and like that's what the feminist movement was it enabled us to just go and do what we need to do so rather than asking the government to to change or rather than saying that the government needs to impose laws on you know companies and their behaviors go and set your own one up go and create your own culture that is going to have more change and it's going to be more empowering as well to the people around you but it's tricky right i mean right now we're seeing or last week at least we saw or this week, I think, huge protest in Poland because they tried to ban abortion. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, they did ban it. Like, like so, so I, th- I think there, yeah, you do need to petition the government. Obviously, if the government is trying to restrain your rights in such a fundamental way, I mean, um, and 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 the, the argument that we're that we're that we're now better off. Than, like, I've, I've, 
I don't know, I think for a long time, capitalism promised progress and innovation. That was sort of like um, a deal that they forced on people, right? When they, when they enclosed the commons, for example, they said, hey, we take your land, you cannot take care of yourself anymore. Now, you have, now you're working class, but there's going to be so much technological progress. You're going to have so much money. Everything is going to be better. For a long time, that was true. Like every generation was more prosperous than the one before. Like my great grandparents never left the country. My grandparents, they were going to Greece all the time. My parents, uh, like, I mean, there were, there, were, there were rising standards of, 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 of uh, well-being. I think until the financial crisis, perhaps. I think right now, mm-hmm. I like, like, I think right now, the, our generation has uh, more precarity and less uh, security in life than the, the, the baby boomer generation. And there's, there's, there's not this, this much sense that, hey, we're going to be better off than previous generations. I, I, don't, I don't think that sense really exists anymore. I think something really changed there, to be honest. I, I think they've proven on like a micro level, you know, we're not as as wealthy as our parents, quote unquote, but on a global level, um, the world is is does better day in, day out. You know, less children die from diseases like polio, um, less people die from things like starvation and thirst. Um, and I think, yeah, in the West, you know, us privileged people, yeah, we have more precarity than we were expecting. Uh, when we were born in the 80s and 90s and told the world is our oyster and you'll be able to do whatever you want. Mm. Um, and yet we're fortunate al- enough to live in places um, where there are still opportunities to do that. Mm. You know, yeah. there, there are, there's more funding now for startups than there was, you know, 10 years ago. And governments are getting, councils are getting in on that kind of funding, whereas before it was, you know, very much still led by private investment. Um, so I, I do still think that, opportunity is increasing it's just there needs to be some flexibility in what we perceive to be opportunity like the the boomer path of you know you join right like you're talking about the academy like beforehand you know when if you you studied well um and you became a a young academic for the boomers I mean it was fascinating you had access to a global network of bright minds uh you had access to amazing jobs all over the world and international conferences and you know more of a crossover like b- between dep- intersectionalism and, and research was just exploding and now what we see is like there's so many people in okay well first of all I mean the arts are being cut because they're not seen as like you know <laughs> being um uh generating value and generating wealth hmm. um but also the rules of the academy haven't changed, i.e. if you want to get a PhD, you need to be studying a very niche thing. It needs to be an original dissertation. Well, that's all fine and well, you know, 100 years ago or even 50 years ago when there was like an extremely small percentage of people going to university. But now you have loads of people going to university and they're getting drilled into these teeny, teeny, tiny niches in order to be able to jump through the necessary hoops to then not get a job because there's more people, but there's less academies or, or there's not as many institutions. Um, so it's more like the systems of success and the, the, the pathways um, of career and work need, need to be updated for the time that we live in. I mean, I don't understand why you can't do like joint PhDs, you know, hmm. why you can't have like 10 people working on one subject one topic make it really really good because i mean listen i used to edit um atropos press right Hmm. the the publishing house of egs and like some of the titles that came through that were absurdly complex because of the necessity 
to for it to be an original piece of work mm. and therefore completely inaccessible to the world yeah. and to your average Actually, person then, i mean well, nobody cares about reading it anywhere <laughs> nobody bloody care yeah exactly so i mean i think we do i think there is still i stand by there's you know we've never been better off there's never been more opportunity but we just need to understand that like the landscape of opportunity has changed <laughs> you know yeah I still think there's that. I mean, look at you, you know, with the the foundry. Yeah, you know. but look how, how lucky and privileged I am, right? I mean, yes, I, I, me, exactly. a white, yeah. white guy, well-educated white guy from a privileged context who was lucky to get into Bitcoin in 2011. Yeah, I have some opportunity. Great. I don't, I don't, I don't think that, that says anything about the state of the world we're in. I think that's just my, it says a lot about my personal privilege and my luck. Uh, the state of the world we're in. I mean, I think like since since San Simon, and then again with Keynes, like there's there's a, there's a, there's a history of uh, of thinkers, economic thinkers, who said, hey, you know, because of technology, the amount of time we have to spend working is going to go down. It's going to go down drastically. That 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 hasn't happened. Why hasn't that happened? Because we're all writing these PhD that no one reads. We're all doing bullshit jobs, like this uh, David Graeber's term, right? Uh, we work at a fucking um, yeah. uh, a call center, uh, which is not making the world any better and which is making my life miserable. But because we haven't been able to figure out an economic, si- an economic system that allows people to spend their time the way they want uh, without fighting against yeah. precarity. Um, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sad thing. That's also the state of the world. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm perhaps a bit more pessimistic uh, than you are in, in that sense. And then we're, we're like the thing that we've comfortably uh, sort of like bracketed out is climate change, right? Which is like if you, mm. if you, if, if, you de- if you design your whole economy about the notion of uh, consumption and production, and it, it's, it's predicated on growth, it only functions as long as it's growing. Yeah, at some point you're going to run into trouble. Uh, perhaps it's, it's time to think of an economy that functions around uh, different notions. Um, one one network of residencies that I'm now involved in is based on the ideas of David Graeber, and it's, it's saying yeah, we need an evo- economy that revolves around freedom and care, which I think is a yeah n- nice idea. What it looks like in practice is also tricky, especially nowadays when freedom and care are somehow opposed to each other. Right? If I if I assert my freedom yeah. by throw, by throwing a house party, people will say I'm careless. <laughs> that's that's corona yeah so it's uh, it's very tricky to think about these things but uh but i'm i'm, I'm a bit uh, apocalyptic is perhaps the wrong word but uh, i'm a bit more pessimistic than you perhaps i think that for me after i mean after you know i did that course at egs i was extremely pessimistic about the state of the world extremely hmm. um who did you study with Le ronel uh hmm. finsk uh rickles somebody else can't remember i think in week three i just stopped going to be honest checked mm. into the 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 uh the sauna in the sasfay hotel <laughs> <laughs> that's what we were doing by the end <laughs> we we're just like nah, this is enough I'm totally full like cannot take in any more information mm. um and i, I like i remember I don't know. I just think um, it, it goes in waves. And at this stage of my life, I'm optimistic about, you know, changes in behavior and changes in mentality can be achieved. Um, and I think change has to come from the bottom up. And I, I yeah. think achieving those things is extremely difficult, extremely difficult, but it's not impossible. And perhaps just seeing that on a personal level, um, dramatic changes in my own behavior over the years. Um 
I think that that's how we have to go to it. And also just, again, kind of going back to like that binary conversation we were having, seeing the partisan lines being drawn in the sand and seeing how like nobody wants to budge, you know, mm. it's like, well, you know, we have to actually find a way somewhere in the middle to see what we have, what we don't have, what they're saying, how can we incorporate into what we're saying and just, you know, creating like a a realistic path forward that, that everybody can move along. Because, I mean, when we, people were talking about climate change like five years ago, they, I remember, you know, Europeans saying, well, it doesn't matter what we do in the West because there's China and India. And they're going through their industrial revolution and, you know, they, they, they're they not going to stop because they think they deserve that. It's all like this, they, 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 you know? Mm. And it's like, well, why don't we figure out an arrangement or an agreement or an understanding then that also includes, hey, here's a plan for economic development that you and your people can still achieve. Or here's a plan for innovation development or technological development or whatever that doesn't involve burning fossil fuels you know rather than just saying you have to subscribe to this oh and they're not going to so you know there's no point in doing anything i just think it, i think it's defeatist yeah um and lazy yeah. and it frustrates it frustrates me and i've heard it come from boomers a lot hmm. and it's like just take some feckin responsibility actually yeah um i would much rather that everybody um moved like a step towards each other and then forward, then just not moving at all. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I have no idea how effective it will be or not, obviously, because I'm, you know, I'm not an economic person or a climate change person or, you know, <laughs> what am I? I have a degree in philosophy, you know, I'm bloody useless. <laughs> yeah. But we need to see theory in action. I think with climate change, the scientific consensus at this point is also that it's just sort of too late, right? Like, I don't know what that means. Like, what I've read once is that, like, if if the temperature goes up one degree, you get 10% less uh, food productivity. So so that means at some point there's going to be massive famines and population flows because of that. But, I, but I'm not a specialist on this. I, I don't see a way out. I don't know. What, what does frustrate me, and I think that's something that you're also trying to get at, is that people sort of sometimes feel complacent about being enmeshed in this critical discourse or along party lines or not, doesn't matter. Um, but it doesn't really affect the material conditions of existence. Yeah. So like then what does it do, right? Like I, I, and I used to be like that myself. I used to write all these like little opinion pieces in newspapers and stuff. And I still do that occasionally and it's nice. But um, but then, yeah, people read them and they either feel good about themselves or they get a little bit angry. But in the end, it doesn't change anything. Um, so I don't know, um, like, um, yeah, I think the foundry is an attempt to sort of step out of that too, but, but I, I don't know, it's all obviously very, very limited, right? I think, I think you, you so much more eloquently put what I, I was indeed trying to get at, mm -hmm. um, critical discourse and critical back and forth as kind of like intellectual mutual masturbation, not actually achieving any effect in the world that we mm -hmm. live in or any progress, which is why projects like yours are so important. Um, to be to platform projects like yours as opposed to just platforming individuals and their voices and their random rants on Facebook um, as if you know shouting into the echo chamber of what they already believe is is going to change anything yeah. um, and then complacently calling that action as well yeah 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 <laughs> which I find so so absurd um, and I mean I'm not in any you know right-wing channels 
Um, I tried to follow a couple of heavy right wingers just to see what's going on on that side of the fence. Mm. Um, but I, so I can only cr- critique it from the left, and I find it extremely frustrating. Mm. Extremely frustrating. Um, you know, it's time to put our brains to to use rather than to criticism. Yeah, which is you know goes back to what we were saying about critics at the beginning. I mean, there is, there is a space there, there is a space for critique as well, right? And it's, uh, I mean, there's jobs in it, and it's and it's important there to call go. out some things, of course. But but yeah, no, I don't want to be st- stuck in that anymore. I like now my, most of my energy goes into a project like the Foundry and building networks around that and reducing dependency on a system that I think destroys us. Um, and yeah. like I like, and as I tried to indicate before, I think there's there's a there's a movement of that. Like um, now, I'm involved with a, with a with a group called the Museum of Care, which is based on the ideas of David Graeber, and that's basically a network of residencies that tries to partake in this effort. In Galicia, they're setting up a local currency to facilitate mutual aid between projects that exist there, and, and like Galicia Amazing. is just one province in Spain. Um, and increase self-sufficiency. And I think when projects like that, and there's, there's of course, PAF in France. I don't know if you heard of this, the Performing Arts Forum. Yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is a similar kind of project. There's loads of them popping up all over the place now. And um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that boomers are dying and, like, people inherit money. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> another is that, like, real estate prices have dropped significantly since the financial crisis. So it's actually, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to get a little house with like a hectare of land, like in Galicia, it's like 20,000, you know, it's nothing. I mean, it's not nothing, but it's it's really not, it's... it's Comparatively it's one, speaking. Yeah, it's one twentieth of what you would pay for a flat in Berlin. Um, yeah. So so it's not, it's not that difficult to set up these kind of places that exist on a relative outside or that try to create a relative outside. Um, and I don't know, and to sort of de- reduce dependence on a system that is screwing the planet and, and, and our brains. And, um, I think that's, that's, that there is a critique in there, but it's, 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 it's a critique that is also materialized somehow that is also, um, trying to produce something and not just like stay in this discursive bubble that, that doesn't affect material conditions of existence. Um, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it's absolutely fantastic, but it doesn't make me want to ask you then how, how do you, um, how do people find you or how do you access people? And do you think that you have achieved or will be able to achieve, you know, maybe accessing like a a majority or a group or a subsection of society that wouldn't typically be interested in this way of thinking? You know, how, how do you reach them? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's at the, mo- at the moment, even though I think there is a movement of these things, and I think COVID will only exacerbate that because I think city life is a not very attractive right now, and b over the last decades mm-hmm. has become more and more difficult because of uh, increasing rent. Um, so like there's more and more precarity, and there's more and more people that sort of want uh, something else, etc. To produce the, to create these spaces in cities is I think more complicated than in the countryside, um, precisely because of uh, yeah because of economic pressures, regime, regimes of extraction, rent, etc. Um, and at the moment, these projects anyway that are perhaps a bit more in the countryside than in the city, it's it's very marginal, it's very small. Um, my idea is always that if you build infrastructure, um, and I think infrastructure is very central. Uh, at some point, uh, there can be a critical mass where uh, going to whatever, to PAF or to a place like that or to the foundry uh, doesn't imply the sort of sacrifice of um, um, of capitalist comfort and of urban intensity that it would that it would imply now. Um, 
if, if, if these projects keep growing, if there's more and more people there, more and more interesting things happening, at some point this, I wouldn't say becomes a viable alternative or something, but it, it, it becomes less marginal. It becomes less sort of like a hippie commune weird people thing. <laughs> yeah okay yeah I, yeah I, more I mean, attractive I, I, I don't know i don't know if it's ever uh, a, a viable alternative of course not and there's also i mean this is not the only political thing that's happening it's like no i mean i don't know i don't know i don't have a good answer <laughs> no i think i think that's really interesting you know letting it grow and letting it be nurtured yeah. by the group of people that are interested until it becomes yeah. you know attractive in 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 one sense to somebody mm. that can then come in and discover all the other reasons that it's attractive, you know, yeah. gradual growth, gradual exploration. No, I think that's, that's really, really valid. How, how do you find, okay, because you, you've bought, you bought this piece of land with the, the house yeah. and the church and the workshop and everything. And skeletons. And ske what? <laughs> what? Did you find skeletons? Know, yeah. yeah, there's three skeletons no? in, the, in the church. Yeah, there's three dead arist aristocrats. <laughs> Oh, dude! Yeah, we found a a, a rat. We found, <laughs> which doesn't sound like much, okay? But we, no, 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 no. But listen, like we'd been there like a couple of hours before, and then we came back, and there was just this dead rat, like splayed in the middle of the table in the oh, workshop. Shit. It was extremely shit. strange, extremely oh. strange. So yeah, no. Um, you bought you bought this place, and you know you grew up in uh, you know the same capitalist societies we all did. Um, and now you have people coming into the foundry and sometimes, you know, just having ideas and just doing it, doing whatever they will with, with the space. That's kind of what, what you envisioned for it. You know, you didn't want me to call you the, the founder of the foundry, just yeah. the initiator of this project. But like, <laughs> was it difficult at the beginning to, to detach yourself from that sense of owner or proprietorship? that you know we've mm. been raised with you know inviting no. strangers sometimes no it's not at all if it, the, the the notion the, the sense of being the owner or the, or something or the boss or whatever has always made me very uncomfortable um i i really okay. don't i don't like it when people call me that and I, I i i don't think i manage the space in that sense i mean of course like when i'm there like people ask me questions because i'm like the guy who's who's there who's been there for a few years but and that that's fine but but there's there's no sense in which i'm sort of like running it or something like no and i don't want that and it didn't cause me any efforts to get out of that okay sure but i mean even just the fact that you know you were the one to sort of put the initial money into it yeah yeah and it I mean, wasn't that's, that's difficult money to that fell out of the sky right like it's like <laughs> like I was, I was i was i was in an anarchist reading group in berlin in 2011 and people were saying hey there's no money without banks said, oh that's awesome like i never saw it as an investment they just put like 200 euros and then at some point it became this and like now I'm poor again and it's fine. Right. Um, but um, <laughs> but it, uh, this village now and I, I sort of want to not have it on my name anymore. Even that makes me a bit uncomfortable because now if I would get into financial trouble like um, or do something stupid, I don't know, like um, I would they could they could expropriate it or something. I would like it to, to put it to come up with a legal structure that that's impossible. Uh, and that's yeah. very tricky. That's very tricky. But uh, that's that's something I think about. I have to talk to more lawyers about it. And I don't know yet how to do that. But um, no, the sense of owning that place uh, makes me uncomfortable. And like now, right now, there's like seven or six people living there, I think. And I I don't know what they're doing. I'm sure they're doing something. <laughs> um, 
I mean, <laughs> like it's like when you were there, there's like there's a task of things that sort of need to happen at some point, but people also just develop mm. their own projects. They uh, and that's yeah. great. I think that's 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 awesome. I think. In the beginning, I brought up this this Kant that like uh, government is designed for a nation of, of devils. Well, try to design it for a nation of people that you can actually trust and see what happens. And mm. and what 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 tends to happen is a lot of cool things. I mean, we have a snail farm now. Some guy made a snail farm. How cool is that? That's awesome. <laughs> like, That's so awesome. It's <laughs> not my idea. Like, <laughs> So, I mean, like, yeah, and also there's like a standard of comfort now that when you were there, perhaps didn't exist yet. So then there's a bit more space for like people unfolding their own initiatives. Um, yeah, now it's just really a comfortable place to be and it's not cold anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't I haven't seen rats this this summer. There might there might still be rats. In, I mean, it's nature, right? So, so yeah, some, sure. some, sometimes a mouse comes or something. It's fine. Oh, I mean, that's totally <laughs> fine. It's just really seen, freaky. I haven't seen rats in I, a while. No, yeah. Nature's all good. It's just really scary when you turn around and one is just like splayed out in a sacrificial position on a table. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> sure. But it's also like, like it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an urban person, right? Like I've lived in Berlin since 2007. And I like I enjoy the countryside, but I do notice that I don't have this this temporality in me or something. Like real countryside people, they wake up at eight. I, I I don't fucking wake up at eight unless I have to. But and then they know. Oh, I have to open for the chickens. I have to do this. Like there were sheep, and they were like you have to feed the sheep sometimes. They were eaten by a fucking wolf. Like we like so. There's there's this force. Like I, it, it's just I don't know. It's it's very strange to me these things. Like I guess it's just countryside life. I'm not used to that. But uh, but this temporality of like knowing, okay, now I have to take care of that animal. Now I have to do that. Now I have to do that. Now I have to do yeah. that. It's a very cyclical yeah. sort of thing that I don't have in me. When I wake up, I'm I'm checking the news for two hours, and then maybe I'm do some writing, some reading, and I I make my own rhythm. And it's, it's it doesn't have this 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 cycle, this circle inside. And if you're in the countryside, it it's I, I'm, I, it's hard for me to get used to that. I still don't have it, but. Uh, it, it can it sometimes ends up eating you a little bit these these, these cycles these tasks this rhythm of tasks that that need to be mm. fulfilled especially when there's animals now there's a bunch of animals um mm. but I, i'm like I, i'm not really taking care of them to be honest but <laughs> i have to admit but um yeah but now you've got you, you're i think that's i mean that's important apparently (laughs) making sure they don't get eaten by wolves yeah i mean against wolves there's not so much you can do right i mean they they live in the forest and they they can travel like 50 kilometers a day they just come and if they're hungry they'll kill a sheep and they're also not very they're not they're not very like resource efficient they'll just like bite its neck and kill it and then they just leave it there mostly they eat maybe a couple bites but uh really yeah god yeah how inefficient how ineffective somebody speak to those wolves i would have liked to see it though actually it's uh i don't know they're fascinating animals definitely i didn't i actually didn't know there were wolves up there um when we were going for our late night walks through the woods Uh, they 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 don't they they, they stay away from people like like if there's people they will stay away but uh they'll they'll eat your sheep and we had (laughs) we had chickens they were eaten by a fox like i mean there we should have protected them better like (laughs) but yeah it's, it's, it's countryside shit right you're learning yeah you're learning right 
I mean, and like, I, I also, I don't want to, I don't want to spend all my time on, do, on doing that, right? Like, I want to, I also want to write my books and do, do those kind of things. So, but, but yeah, there's, mm. there's, there's this, there's this aspect, this cyclical aspect to the countryside that can take up a lot of your time if you're not careful. Definitely, definitely. Mm. But also tell me about the fact that, um, you know, you've managed to attract other people that are thinking of setting up maybe not exactly similar things, but, you know, you've got some, um, like in your network, there are people looking at yeah. coming to Galicia, right? Because yeah. because of the foundry, right? I mean, yeah, it, like we, we get people at the foundry all the time that want to buy something in that area often. Um, uh, but like there's a couple of networks, like the one I, I mentioned already that I made this website called freeingspace.com, which I which I haven't made and because I don't know how to make it. But the idea was there to have a map uh, that sort of indicates a bunch of uh, projects that subscribe to a couple of criteria. One is that um, it's nonprofit. Another is that it's, uh, to the extent possible, self-organized. Um, another is that... Um, it doesn't exclude people on the basis of their identity, gender, racial, whatever. Um, so yeah, and there's no big application procedure. There's no not a lot of bureaucracy. So I, I mean, these criteria you can try to try to define them more clearly. But that, like places that have a, a different sort of ethics that that are not uh, part of the market, uh, that are also not sort of communes that withdraw into themselves and always have the same group of people like these, these hippie kind of communes. I don't want that neither. There should be circulation. Um, and yeah, that, 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 um, yeah, that, that try to carve out a space of relative autonomy. Uh, so that, that was my idea, but I haven't made that and I don't know how to make it, but maybe at some point it will pop up. Then in Galicia, we have a network called Aldear, which means villaging, which is really focused on, uh, rural repopulation because depopulation is a huge thing in Galicia. Like there's just, there's people leave, like there's only old people and they're dying and then everything's empty. Um, Aldear, villaging, uh, rural, it focuses on rural repopulation through the arts and through culture. And that's like, I don't know, 10, 10 projects or something like that, that, that have this network. Um, it's, it's perhaps a little bit less political, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's great projects also. And then there's, uh, now uh, today, later I have a meeting about that. There's the museum of care, which grew out of the work of, uh, David Graeber, um, who, uh, yeah, who was supposed to do something at the foundry at some point, but then he died, unfortunately. I mean, not just because he was supposed to do something there. Very, very shocking. Um, anyway, out of his ideas, uh, grew this network of residencies now that, uh, yeah, that, 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 uh, that, that also tried to do what I just described, this, this, this ethic of like carving out a bit of free space. Um, and that will be launched, I think, in October next year, Museum of Care. Um, there should be more communication about it at some point. And yeah, I have the feeling that COVID sort of exacerbates these efforts, but that it's also, it was underway already a little bit. At the foundry, we get people all the time that say, hey, yeah, I want to do something similar. They're looking for spaces. Um, so yeah, I, th I don't know. I think um, we're reaching a point where uh, life inside the system becomes more and more tricky because of the way the system functions and, and, and colonizes us internally. And uh, people like, I don't know, want to do something else. And at the countryside right now, there's perhaps a bit more space for that. Although there's also limitations. I don't know. Like, I also know urban spaces that do this, like Woodbine in, um, in New York, for example. But it's just in a city, you like, yeah, everything is so expensive. Space is very expensive. So you're going to have to have one or two or three jobs in New York 
just to um, just to um, just just to pay your own rent, and like that leaves very little space to sort of um, for your, for yourself and for making making a world you want to live in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's why it's it's really really important to like you know to platform your project and platform other projects that are giving people opportunities options and also yeah. just making people know that it's possible yeah. it really is possible to just go out and as you say build a, a bit of a world that you that you want to live in and grow on it yeah. and use community to grow it which is so yeah. key as well I mean if you'd started yeah. this from a position of like I'm the founder and I'm the owner and I'm gonna make this space that you know, people can come and like do really, really cool things and it's going to be really enriching and whatever, you know, you, you wouldn't have the same thing that you have today yeah, sure. whatsoever. Um, sure. So it's, it's really, really, really important to platform yeah. that there are things going on like this today. And it's, and it's um, nice to have, a, like, I, I wouldn't want it to be like a, a countryside commune or something, right? Like people, there's, people, there's no permanent inhabitants. There aren't, I'm not a permanent inhabitant. Nobody's a permanent inhabitant. I like that there's this circulation. <laughs> And people go there and like, I personally also don't want to give up my city life. Like I, I like going to the theater. I like uh, going to conferences. I, I don't want to give those things up. Um, right now, those things sadly don't exist. But um, but it, but I think it's nice to have to perhaps uh, see that there's also like experiment also with different forms of life. And in this context, that's yeah. now that takes place in the countryside because there's more space for that. In in in, yeah. in there's a there's a whole Marxist tradition uh, that you find it already Marx and Engels that says hey the 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 um, the, the opposition of, um, of of labor and capital is 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 an opposition must be overcome but also the opposition of countryside and city must be overcome because it's unsustainable and they were basing themselves on the ideas of people like uh, Justus von Liebig the the soil researcher who said that hey you know food goes from the countryside to the city but but the shit doesn't go back so the countryside soil is depleted and depleted and depleted more and more because all these mm. nutrients and, and nutrition that's in that's in the soil is is dragged to the city and it doesn't return um of course we've sort of like come up with artificial fertilizers to solve that problem uh but um but uh, but i mean there's like i just wanted to point out there's this whole marxist tradition that sort of tries to overcome the 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 the, the, the countryside city opposition and things uh, a world would be more sustainable without a clear opposition between those I, I don't have a strong Absolutely. position. I don't have a strong position in that, to be honest. Um, mm. I don't want. I don't want to give up my city life. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've you've built it in such a way that you don't have to, which is you know, yeah, exactly. great. Half half. Yeah. yeah. So to to wrap up, um, I'd yeah. like to ask you, who else or what? I mean, you've you've referenced a, a lot of other projects and spoken about a lot of other people, but is there one um, project or person or a thought in particular that you would like to platform at the end? And I'll go and see if I can get them on the on the next episode. Uh, you could uh, perhaps talk to Morris. Of, 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 he's a good guy to talk to. Morris, I think Morris, what's his last name? Clay, maybe? He, he set up an institute called Terra, uh, which is Nomadic Institute for Technology, Ecology, and Risk Assemblages. And okay. they might do something at the foundry at some point. He's a friend. Um, and I, I think he's uh, he might be an interesting guy to talk to. You could also talk at okay. some point to the Muse Museum of Care people, but that's uh, perhaps a bit early right now because that's just being set up at the moment. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll keep them on, on the radar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Dennis. Yeah, thank This was so interesting. Absolute pleasure. Hey, everyone. You can find links to the Foundry in the show notes. I highly recommend following the project to see firsthand just how many people take part in its development. 
You can also find Platform Enterprise on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and sign up to our podcast newsletter for information on episodes and guests every week at podcast.platformenterprise.com. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast. Leave a review, let us know what you thought, and thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.